Claire. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and never stressed. All right, now. I'm anointed and never disappointed. That's as far as I can go. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> any more Christian license plates. Hi, guys. Hey, um, y'all. This is going to be a little unorthodox because this is our, what, fourth time? <laughs> yes. This is our fourth time recording this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the devil is busy on Sunday night. Mm-hmm, but Chris Jenner and my God are busy. Okay. You want to okay. just jump to it? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have any big ups? No, I have no shout outs. Okay. Um, I have <laughs> three. And then, you know, I'm getting strapped away for a podcast for y'all to listen to. A college friend of mine, Jasmine, co-hosts the podcast called Hand Me That Remote. Please go check it out. They're currently doing the evolution of BDT, so pretty dope. And then, if anyone is looking to buy or rent a house, please hit up my girl, Brianna Sharper, with Keller Williams Realty. Also, another real estate person y'all want to look at is Nashiqua Mellerson, who is also an interior designer, and she has her certification as that in that as well. We'll leave their information in the description box. Boom. Boom. What she said. Yeah, hair flip, hair flip. All right, so what are we talking about today? Um, are we doing a quick brush through in pop culture? What's going on? Uh, so <laughs> I have a few things written down. Well, it's not really pop culture, just like a few things that caught my eye. Um, apparently Ariana Grande is engaged. <coughs> Pregnant. Ooh, I just hope he keeps her hair moisturized so her hair don't fall out like it did last time we have to see another year or I'm sorry another decade Oop. of her in that damn ponytail um I, I don't I don't know why she's engaged um I, I doubt there'll be a wedding but I can't lie it is a little now I'm not here to tell nobody who to love and how quickly to do it but it seems like this is all going extremely fast like extremely fast like going to the chapel and gonna push a baby in a baby carriage fast there's nothing wrong with being unmarried and having a you're a celebrity so girl if you're pregnant just push that baby out and stop playing exactly look at kylie jenner look at cardi b look, look at every other part look at chloe look at Who? all the kardashians <laughs> All the car trashing, yes. Um, so yeah, Ariana Grande is doing something weird, and um, it's none of my business, so I'm gonna leave it alone. Um, Tiffany Haddish still can't keep her mouth shut. I don't have anything else to say about her. She she's well on to her way to being blackballed, like sis. I am thoroughly confused as to why we're still talking about it. Why are we still telling you to stop telling people's business? And it's the same subject. We were over that. One one thing I will say is I find it quite strange that, like, Sanai Lathan's dad was all about how, you know, Black women are supposed to protect each other. Black women should also keep their mouths to themselves and stop biting people, too. But, you know, whatevs. He is the last one who should be talking about the treatment of black women, but let's continue. Mm -hmm. IHOP has proven that they've (laughs) 
<laughs> are always going to be shitty as fuck. I'm sorry, I hob. I hob, girl. Girl, th- this was really an opportunity to like, as everyone has said, if they would have went for International House of Brunch and put mimosas on the menu, bitch, I would have been a new fan. My mind immediately went to, oh, it's going to be International House of Breakfast, of course. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was breakfast. like, breakfast. Okay. Burgers? I was like, focusing on pancakes, they're saying, hmm, well, you know, we do pancakes and waffles and hash browns and omelets galore. Burgers? Who the fuck, who the fuck was going to IHOP for burgers in the first place? Um... The people last that drive trucks. People was barely going there for <laughs> truck drivers. Oh yeah. The last IHOP or IHOP just closed in my city. Um, like it had been there for like the past thirty years. So, yeah, it closed at a perfect time. I just realized I'm sitting here talking trash, and my dad loves IHOP. And apparently, my parents love it. Senior citizen discounts on Saturday morning. That's exactly it. And the thing about it is, <laughs> I'm taking my dad out for breakfast for Father's Day because I can't be with him on Father's Day because I have class. And how much y'all want to bet that greasy motherfucker's going to say, let's go to IHOP. Well, if you do go, will you try a burger and then report back to us? It's against keto, but you know, I'll let y'all know what someone Can you talk? Can you talk your dad into trying a burger? (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's going to be severely upset when he hears Excuse me, this news. And hopefully I can convince him to let's trek up the street to go to Cracker Bell instead because they they are a restaurant that knows how to do pancakes, right? Even if it means there's a smell of racism in the general store. Pancakes. Uh, oh, all right now. Pancakes. I'm so I'm a I wonder if the bloods are gonna start charging people for taking on that they should just take over every business that wants to adopt their lingo and we'll see how long they'll keep doing that on social media i really do think they should look at like the how much it'll cost because it's literally all i hear now because then like then i do like a full we appreciate your patience yeah they were doing the whole thing yeah not even realizing what the ramifications of saying all that will do but they'll find out soon enough trust me it pays to know it it pays to hire people who know the culture that's all I'm saying it pays to hire black people but moving on anywho's um I have one more thing (laughs) now um apparently Nikki and Future are going on tour and um you got your tickets girl Oh me? Um ah yikes. Um <laughs> I wasn't expecting this question. I'm gonna see if Future can pay for my ticket. And, oh, uh, oh, that's so nice of you. Perhaps. You know he's dependable, so I know Future will have my ticket ready I at the box office. He will have it paid up to a thousand percent. He sure will. Um, mm-hmm. hell no, I'm not going to see no damn Nicki Minaj in Future, you know you do your best work when you go on tour with Drake. I don't know why he just doesn't hop on the Drake Migos tour and call it a day. And Nicki, I'm not going to read you because I feel like every week I read Nicki Minaj. Um, 
I, she I, just makes it, it so easy. She makes it so easy, but I don't think that the album will be worthy of a tour. So, girl, do you What boo-boo? if they're going to do a joint album? Oh, my God. That'll be great, so I'll know what not to listen to. That's accurate. Speaking of joint albums, um, I was prepared to read about it, but I'm not going to read. I'm going to just say this very casually. Y'all are letting your quote-unquote hatred for Jay-Z turn y'all into people who are shading Beyonce. And I don't think y'all are meaning to do it, but y'all talking to Beyonce like y'all crazy and like she's these other bitches out here. And I want y'all to put some respect on Beyonce's name. That is all. That's all you I think people say. are insulting Beyonce by saying they don't like Jay-Z? It's like, it's really weird. Like, I want to say there was this think piece on Twitter and it was like, Beyonce's never been one to push sexuality, but she's trying to make her cheating, philandering husband look sexy, and she's doing all this stuff in the nude and blah blah blah. And of course, it's the it's the argument of Kim Kardashian is getting people's sentences commuted, and Beyonce's laying on her back and getting fucked for a tour booklet. That's what is going around. Please tell me who's tweeting that because I'm pretty sure I'm not following them. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then, like, it's think pieces <laughs> everywhere. There are think pieces everywhere about how Beyonce is using sexuality to sell this tick, sell these these tour tickets because no one wants to go see Jay Z. And the weird thing about it is, I feel like had this been on the run the first time, and because I. Don't, I I just feel like didn't Beyonce hasn't Beyonce always had a nice body? Is it this way? I think the point of it all is that we it's not for me and my take on it. It's not about fake hating Jay Z. I just don't want to see Jay Z naked. That's just period point blank. Now y'all know Jay Z ain't no damn naked. For me, he wasn't naked in the bed with her. No, he had on pants. No, in the no 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 when they're both on their back. In that tour booklet, he's naked. Yeah, have you seen the actual pictures? Like the yeah. nude pictures? At this point, there are so many pictures circulating around. The yeah, okay. I don't think I'll ever actually get to see. <laughs> so there's like a picture of the, not the one with all her yams and her rice and cabbages out, not the ass picture. It's like they're both on their backs and the covers are like draped to cover certain parts. I don't want to see that. Like, I'm so confused as to where. It gives people license to say sideways shit about Beyonce. Like that's my point. Well, people someone, people they, talked about Jesus. <laughs> I, I try to stay away from the Jesus and Beyonce <laughs> as to avoid. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm saying because like I think about it all the time. I'm like, ooh, because there. Have you seen the Church of Beyonce video yet? I refuse to watch that. Mm, yeah but um, morally, like, people are entitled to dislike jay-z i just don't want to see him naked and i don't think by fake hating jay-z that that means people have to diss beyonce beyonce is her own artist she don't really need to go on tour with him it is what it is with him i just don't i just point blank refuse to want to see him naked i just and, don't want y'all to go to on the run because i genuinely feel like 
I'm going to go to On the Run to enjoy the experience. I also have a theory that everyone is like really hella salty with B because they want new music. So I'm gonna That's really, can we be honest? That's really what the issue is. People okay. are mad that's that they okay. already bought these tickets and there's no new music. Yeah. Well, I feel like the, in Beyonce fashion, I want to say each time she has gone on a world tour, and release something it's been after the european leg is at least halfway through so either way i don't i can't get behind saying sideways shit out of my mouth on beyonce because i don't want to see her husband i cannot want to see where her husband and not no i don't want to see her husband naked do you want to see him naked on the tour do you want to see the naked pictures I don't really care at this point. Like, I, maybe it's just me, but it's just like, I don't see the big deal. Like, I do not understand the devotion to being so adamantly against it as a lot of these fans are. Like I said, it's one thing if it's just casual, I don't want to see it. But, like, to devote think pieces and, con- like I said, it's the difference between saying, mm, no, thank you. And, like, every time you look, it's like, Ugh, Beyonce is always trying to talk about her husband. He's so not. She's married to him. Please let it go, y'all. But either way, all I'm saying is I don't want my on the run experience ruined by these fanatic craze fans on Twitter. Because I would genuinely tell y'all if y'all ruined my on the run experience. We had to fight to get Beyonce in South Carolina. I didn't think Beyonce knew where South Carolina was. Because who the fuck wants to come to South Carolina? Be, be honest. Who 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 willingly says Drake? Oh Drake comes here almost all the time on his tours. He didn't come here this time for this upcoming tour. Well, them swamp possum bi- swamp possum back bitches that Drake apparently seems to be obsessed with. <laughs> be I will because. tell you who always comes to South Carolina, um, country artists. That's where oh. a lot of their money is made. If I knew mm. their names, country the, the country, uh, who's the country version of Drake? That little guy, I forgot his name. Body like a back row, that guy. Mm. He talks like he, I call him the country. I know the last the country, the last country <laughs> concert I know about that was big, like a stadium tour. It was Kenny Chesney. And here's the thing I love me some country music. All I'm saying is, if y'all how do you like me now? Me, that's, to- <laughs> that's Toby Keith. I love Toby Keith. I love Toby Keith. His politics are fucked up, but I like his music. Oh, <laughs> politics hella fucked up. Either way, if y'all come to Williams Bryce and over talk the Beyonce concert, over talk Williams Bryce is so huge. And I have really good seats. That's my other thing. I got really good seats. I think Y'all you should enjoy your stuff. experience and maybe get drunk. That way you won't even notice people being annoying and you can just focus on Beyonce. I think you should pregame. That means I have to stay from brown liquor because if I have white liquor, it won't bother me as much. But if I have brown, I'm going to possibly put hands on the bitch. Either way. Can we talk about how so- I've almost had fights in williams Price, But that's for a different episode. So Rasta <laughs> So do you wanna take a quick break and then get into our official segment of the show? We can just keep going. Oh, all right now. So Hey. What was 
to, if today is the 13th, <laughs> then seven, I remember a week ago, it was officially 20 years since Sex in the City premiered on HBO. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing like the jazz hands to that little piano sequence. Iconic. Hey, you see my ringtone? Cause like, oh my god, oh. I look cause I hated like actual songs that were ringtones. So I was like, I always had like themes, like TV themes. It was either Sex in the City or um the Golden Girls theme. But um, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about <laughs> Carrie, Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha. Mm, those crafty bitches. Um, let's see. Do I want to tell y'all how I finally realized that Carrie Bradshaw is ain't shit? Or do you want to start this on a nice note? Let's go for the jugular. Let's talk about what an awful human being Carrie is. Oh my God. <laughs> God said be nice. <clears throat> oh my God. God said be nice first. <clears throat> I'm choking on air. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you choke. Oh, honey. Meanwhile, so like I said, I'm I'm keeping cute for like the first 30 seconds. Those who don't know, Sex in the City is about Carrie Bradshaw and her friends. Carrie writes a sex column for a newspaper. The New York Star. Her, yes, the New York Star. Um, She's best friends with Samantha Jones, who is a publicist who has an affinity for fucking. That's the only way I know how to I that is a perfect that. description of her. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte's a hopeless romantic who also is like complete and total wasp. Um, for those who don't know what wasp is, wasp is white Anglo-Saxon person. <laughs> I didn't either know way. Oh, yeah, well, but I went to private school with a bunch of white bitches. Oh. I'm sorry, but um, <gasps> yeah, not white bitches. Okay. <laughs> white children who were the <laughs> kids of wasps. So I heard this a lot. But yeah, Charlotte is your typical girl from Connecticut slash New Hampshire. She's all, oh, I modeled for Ralph Lauren when they came to the mall and blah, blah. Yeah, she's sweet as pie, but also she's got a brain on her. Homegirl runs an art gallery. Then you have Miranda who was I guess Miranda was supposed to be like the abrasive I don't want to call her abrasive because that that puts some a stereotype on her. I don't want to be mean, but Miranda always had to add to about something. This is true. And she was I feel like she was the most re- realistic out of them. That too. Okay, yeah. So Mar- where we had Charlotte who was very optimistic and, Disney you know, princess <laughs> yeah, I'm like you know if you put good things into the universe good things will come back Miranda was very let's be real about this she was very logic based so yes. those are your four characters that I've got my voice together Kara Bradshaw ain't shit <laughs> and what no makes her ain't shit Kara just her, she has a lot of character flaws. Like, mm-hmm. me personally, I don't think 
I would take pride in like bragging on the fact that I don't know how to manage my money correctly. Like, I'm not out here trying to finance you, nobody. Come on, pause, however. Shawty was literally, and I still to this day wonder how she did it, was out here charging everything in the designer name and label store on her credit card. And it was just like, sis, this don't seem like the smartest move to make. Also, and she lived in motherfucking New York City. Mm-hmm. That's just unrealistic. It's just like, sis, homegirl just really was bad at managing her money. Like, as an adult, it bothers me how terrible she was. But that's the main thing, and I hate to say it, and I hate to make this about a nigga, but she cheated on Aiden. And I don't think I ever forgave her. (sighs) Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm not going to go off. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm uh, sure. Well, I, she I, got she got the karma because she ended up with big. So I mean, most people wouldn't call that karma. <laughs> most people would be like, "Yeah, we do what we do." You got what you wanted. You cheated on Aiden with big while he was married, <laughs> and um, you ended up with big. And I hope she and big had her happily ever after, mm. and that he won't he wouldn't cheat on her when she. They were married. Girl. <laughs> like, I wish Carrie would just take notes on things. Like, <laughs> And I, Big didn't want to commit. That was his huge thing. My, I, I guess I can say that my main gripe with Carrie, like, as a person who has watched the series over and over and over, and, like, finally in my, tw- like, as a 26-year-old, I can say, Okay. I don't feel like Carrie's character evolved the way the other characters did. Like, we all see that Miranda eventually, not softened, but she realized she can have a multi, she could be multifaceted. She Mm -hmm. could be the badass lawyer who she always was, but she could also have a family because I feel like Miranda was the antithesis of a lot of women being told you have to choose one or the other. You can't have both. Mm -hmm. I think Miranda realized I can have both on my terms. I think Samantha went from what we saw as her being jaded and only fueled by orgasms. But then we start to realize that number one, she is a badass career woman. Like Samantha Jones is what made me say, hmm, PR might not be so bad after all. But I just felt like her and even Charlotte, we see Charlotte go from this very vapid and, you know, where is my man? type of woman to we really see the humility in her and it's like with Carrie Carrie just kept making bad relationship decisions till the very end till the very end even in the second movie when she runs into Aiden and she's like I'm gonna fuck Aiden cause Big got on my nerves so I'm gonna try and fuck Aiden then she's like well I don't wanna fuck Aiden but I'm gonna tell Big that I wanted to fuck him (laughs) like what girl what Bad to care, Bradshaw. The being bad, Bradshaw is for bad decisions. Speaking <laughs> of Aiden and Big, let's talk the men of Sex in the City. Yes, let's talk about the white men. Oh yeah, and Blair Underwood. And Blair, okay. Blair Underwood. Who 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 decided that? 
And putting him with Miranda, that was that was so they had zero chemistry. Why? It was just dry. Wh- whose idea was that? Well, wait, wait, wait. I, I will say Blair Underwood and then Miranda did date a black guy for like an episode, but then his sister tried to whip not Miranda, um Samantha. Samantha. Oh yeah. His sister tried to that, whip her ass in the club. Now that was not more realistic, but like <laughs> it it didn't seem well no, because then they still tried to push the whole the push the whole interracial dating is more so a problem on the side of black women than it is of white men. Just mm-hmm. I, I was kind of disappointed how they handled that because they play into a stereotype, but it was the early 2000s, so what do we expect from HBO? But, um, let's see. Let's start with the most infamous Sex in the City man. Now, I know you hate Big. With a passion. Big don't really bother me. I feel like Big... I feel like Big gave what he got um, in the beginning. He was just like, real, he was a tool. But I feel like, isn't every white man on Wall Street a tool? <laughs> I didn't like Big because I feel like he never made changes until like he wanted to. Like He never really wanted Carrie until the situation arose where it was implausible for him to go after her. Like, well, Big... Big is probably thinking, I'm single now, Carrie's in a relationship. Let me go fuck up her relationship. Big is the epitome of how women in dating say, you know, you think you've gotten yourself together, you've gotten your self-confidence back, and it's like your ex has a bat signal where it's like, oh, she's happy. Let, Let me, me go fuck her. up her life. Let me go fuck shit up. But it's like, I think as the series progressed, I don't know what it was, but, like, Big didn't bother me as much as the series, like, progressed. I don't know what it was. What about the movie when he left her at the altar? Um, But he turned around. He turned around. You're when Charlotte said, no! No! (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. That is all I have to say about that. I was like, no! I cursed the day you were born! And then my water breaks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, and I think, be, matter of fact, I know why Big didn't bother me as much because Alexander Petrovsky, aka the Russian, was such an awful ogre of a human being. I was like, damn, Big really is the best thing Carrie can get. Fuck. We don't know her. We don't mention the Russian. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We, we, we don't know to, her. We have to mention her for episode. Ooh. Her. Who? Who is that? Never heard of her. <laughs> Karen met this Russian artist, apparently oh, famous. Um, she met him because Charlotte dragged her to some event, as Charlotte always was dragging them to stuff. Um, but yeah, trying to throw a little culture in their lives through some art showings. Charlotte really gave them crumbs when they didn't deserve. But yeah, so. <laughs> Charlotte introduces Carrie. Carrie feels a strange fascination with him because he's a lover. That was another thing. Carrie had the worst fucking lines in that show, but we will talk about that later. But yeah, it's just like Carrie was once again making bad decisions and she let this nigga talk her into leaving her life behind and going to Paris where she ain't know nobody. She damn near couldn't speak the language walking around speaking that damn French. It was atrocious. And then homeboy putting hands on her. Alexander was the worst. So in reality, Big wasn't that bad in retrospect. When we compare them side by side, it's like, 
okay, we'll take the Peter Pan over the abuser, but whatever. Let's talk about the meat and the potatoes of this thing, literally. How do you feel about Aiden? I love Aiden. He's corny. He's white. He makes (laughs) furniture. He loves dogs. I love him. Next. (laughs) So, when we talk about Carrie and these horrible (laughs) lines she had, I think that was the, oh god, I keep finding reasons why Carrie got on my nerves. So, Carrie and Aiden meet, I want to say in season three. Mm -hmm. Season three, Stanford Blatch comes to Carrie's house and she's like, yo, I'm sorry, he's like, yo, it's this fine-ass white man downtown he make it furniture. And Carrie's like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> like, let me get my credit card to charge that bitch up. So she meets Aiden and they start dating, which it already doesn't go off without a hitch because homegirl can't seem to let the Lucy's go. She has to have a new port in her mouth every time she's around him. And Aiden's like, yo, cancer sticks? No, thank you. And homegirl makes it seem like He's trying to make her give up her Gucci. Like, it's not that serious. Just get the nicotine. If you really like oh boy, get the nicotine patch, which she eventually did. But after a rough few first dates, they get to a good place. And all of a sudden, Carrie starts spinning out about how things are going too good. Why is he single? And, like, she's snapping at him because he's like, I don't understand. I thought it was a good thing that I was a good guy. She was like, no, why are you a good guy? And why do you want your parents to meet? Blah, blah, blah. Carrie's a horrible person because she really wanted Aiden to be ain't shit. But ain't that the problem with niggas who ruin our lives? And she also didn't want to change for him. That too. Once again, no, no involvement. Then we have this, I want to say... It was like some, not an art show, but some furniture show for like designers. And furniture by, Expo. Yes, by far the most cringe worthy <laughs> line I have ever heard in that franchise. Aiden tells, oh no, she calls herself Aiden's booth bitch. bitch. <laughs> and she says, I'm your booth bitch. And he's playing along with it where I'm just like, Ugh. That was worse than It's Dickalicious. Oh my when god. When Samantha said that. Oh my god. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I'll wax your wood and I'll wax it real good. I'm your booth bitch. And then <laughs> she basically straddles him in the middle of the show on the very desk that she just finished waxing. By far the most disgusting shit. <sighs> oh god. I'm, I'm it's okay. It. Let that hurt go, girl. I'm gonna move <laughs> past it. Because, and it, I think it's because every time I see it, I'm like, I'm mortified <laughs> each time. I am mortified. But eventually, Carrie cheats on Aiden. But somehow, they get back together. But then she realized she don't want to get married. Oh, they didn't get back together. She chased his ass down. Oh, yeah. Kind of stalked him. He was living his best life, very successful at the height of his career. The email episode. <sighs> Carrie, 
but Karen makes terrible decisions. <laughs> Maybe we should name this episode Karen Bradshaw and her bad decisions. Like, or something. And the no like, good, very bad, horrible, horrible, bad decisions. It's, it's all I think about when, when anytime people ask me about characters from Sex and City, I'm like, don't ask me about Karen Bradshaw because she's awful. And they're like, oh my God, how do you say that? And I'm like, terrible person. Horrible decision after horrible decision. <laughs> the, terrible. Uh, terrible. Terrible. So then, in addition to, so Carrie dates all types of dudes in between Big and Aiden and the Russian. She dates a um guy who can't, who keeps prematurely ejaculating. I want to say that was the funniest guy. Who did I? She would literally touch him and he would jizz. I liked, um, I thought when she fucked one of Charlotte's groomsmen from her second wedding. Oh, that shit her was back, so funny. Her back was broken because he had like rabbit, like jackrabbit sex. Pow, 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 pow. He, he told her off in front of everybody at the wedding. He was like, <laughs> hopefully, because being married means never getting used for sex. Seriously. <laughs> Some of y'all niggas is like Jackrabbit Man, but we don't have to talk about that. We will not talk about that. Oh, hold up now. Did I miss something? No, we just won't talk. We will not talk about how men are still doing Jackrabbit sex when they're well into their 30s. It's the year of our Lord 2018. Anywho, um, Carrie dated, uh, who else did Carrie date? Carrie dated like the bassist who ended up having like. ADHD because he could not stay focused but because she <laughs> discovered that she had clitor she could achieve an orgasm via her clitoris he just she, changed her life she did Can't the guy who lived with his parents and like the smoke weed I think she knew him from high school oh yeah she they threw fried ch- no he was the comic book dealer <laughs> oh yeah the comic book guy that's nothing Carrie was a simple ass bitch it didn't take much for her to open her legs I'm not gonna slut shame I'm just gonna say her standards are hella low she dated John Bon Jovi when he went to therapy <sighs> she, she dated another patient <laughs> what the fuck Anyways, um, who else did Carrie date? She dated her old classmate who was in a mental asylum. Oh my god. Which, which, that is a problem within itself, but it wasn't because of him. Once again, it was because of her. And, um, then she dated the worst of them all. The worst nigga ever. The only person who is worse than Petrovsky. Well, no. Is Berger on the same level as Petrovsky? I think he's worse. Okay, you. you In the words of Future, he's worser. We we're on the same page. What's worse, <laughs> Alexander Petrovsky or Berger? At um, least you get a trip. You just get a little light backhand and a trip to Paris. This nigga just. Oh, not a light backhand. <sighs> this nigga. What's didn't the even take him to coming on? Was that five? That was season five. Yeah. So Carrie is. Because that's when you kind of you kind of feel the series shift after yeah. what happens with Burger. I always remember feeling like okay, something different is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Carrie's literary agent introduces her to a fellow writer named Burger, and at first he's <laughs> paying her dust because he's in this very volatile relationship with his current girlfriend. But then all of a sudden, a few episodes later. Burger is single, but apparently he's got like some emotional intelligence deficit issues. So she goes to a wedding in the Hamptons 
and she basically makes a complete idiot out of herself. But he makes an even bigger idiot out of himself. But somehow they find romance at the end of this. Then (laughs) they can't seem to have sex because Burger's a piece of shit. I don't it wasn't erectile dysfunction. I forget what it was that he made... just couldn't get it up, couldn't he? I want like eventually I... he did he was able to I don't know. I think he was he intimidated by her? I that's the thing. In the beginning, I don't know what caused them not to be able to have sex. I don't know if it was the nerves, but eventually they just literally fell into bed and their clothes fell off, whatever. Then Fast forward, she's going and they're starting to sleep over face. He's got this idiotic bedroom sound, soothing bed sound <laughs> that his ex gave him. And it's like parakeets and rainforest. And Carrie is like, the ex-girlfriend is haunting me. And Samantha's like, sis, that is your first inkling to run. First, you and this nigga couldn't make it work in the bedroom. And now his ex-girlfriend is haunting y'all's relationship. Run. Like you're getting too old for this. Carrie don't fucking listen. Finally, Carrie starts to get some traction in her career as she finally is getting ready to matter of fact, her book is getting released. And you know what Burger decided? Make this about him. And eventually, he breaks up with her on a post-it. On a motherfucking post-it. A mother. No, first he gave her carnations. Which, like, sir, once again, emotional intelligence. Guppy fish. He gives her carnations. They fight about a hair tie or a scrunchie or whatever it's called. He gives her this whole, I think we need space and blah, blah. And you next thing you know, he tells her they're good. And she wakes up in the morning and he gave her a post-it. What did the post-it say, Kiki? I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I'm so angry. I I, I, I feel the rage. That was like 14 years ago, that episode. And I'm happened. still pissed off about it. I'm still pissed off. Or 12 years ago. <laughs> that man has played so many other characters, but every time I see his face, I think, you fucking <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I can't get over the post-it like a lot. Just like people couldn't get over the lady Guad or I think her name was Guadalupe who played Yolanda and Selena. That lady played thousands of other roles, but every time people say like, you killed Selena. <laughs> that is how I feel about the guy who played Burger. And this is how you know the post was bad. Carrie was about to get carted off to jail by the NYPD. And she, <laughs> she shows the guy the post-it. He's like, Whoa, you know what? For smoking weed in public. Yeah, he's like, you know what, sis? It's been a rough 24 hours for you. As much as I hate Burger, I felt like that was very necessary. Because up to that point, we'd had these useless relationships. We saw everybody else start to get what they needed to evolve. And then here's Carrie with this fool who (laughs) breaks up with her on a post-it. And she smashed that glass face. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's about time you finally got mad. After all these clowns you were dating, now now you're mad, Carrie? Now you're <laughs> mad? And we start to think maybe perhaps this is the dawn of Carrie thinking smarter and not harder about who she dates. Nope, never happened. Nope. 
we were disappointed. I had so much anticipation. I was like, okay, next season, she's going to come back. She's going to be stronger and better and start making smarter decisions. And then we got the Russian. Oh, so we covered Carrie's men. Do we want to talk about Samantha's men? I can't remember. Do we have, are there enough hours in the day to cover all of her men? Well, who are you? Well, there's only one of her men that I would love to talk about. Oh, God. It's Richard. Oh, Richard. Richard, I I wish that Richard could have kept his dick. Well, I wish that Richard not keeping, not being able to keep his dick in his pants was something that Samantha could handle. But as we see with character involvement, Samantha realizes she needs a little bit more. She finally realizes she needs some damn monogamy. And Richard just can't seem to give it to her. Richard and it makes me it sad because other than that, Richard was perfect. Richard wasn't too overly involved in her life. He respected her as a business. And Richard a is woman. what I wanted Big to be. Ooh, I Richard like was just eons more mature than Big because like- he saw something that was upsetting Samantha. He was like, "Okay, I'm gonna work on that, or I'm gonna change it." Big would just run off and not call her anymore. Like, uh, that's over it, kid. I I always saw Richard as Samantha's big, but he respected her more and he actually evolved from, and he, on a business level, treated her as an equal. So, Richard is my favorite boyfriend. Fuck you, big. So, I misspoke when I talked, we technically have to talk about Samantha's partners because there was a period where Samantha (laughs) was, um, yeah, not her men. Was um, well, I want to say this in a funny, lighthearted way, but I want to make sure it's not like problematic. Okay. Bumping uglies, point blank. Samantha was bumping uglies with another woman, and homegirl was having carry moments where her vagina was telling her shit that she didn't know it could do. I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh. I, was, <laughs> I was saying that um, the best way I can say it is Samantha was bumping uglies with another woman. What an interesting point of time in that relationship. I th- And I think that taught Samantha a lot about herself. Yeah. I think it taught her what she, going forward, what she could put up with, with in a relationship. Because I felt like after they broke up, she felt like she kind of disappointed old girl. Mm-hmm. And I think that she realized there needed to be a mutual level of respect and me. I hate to say as cliche as it sounds, I think she realizes you needed to have a friendship, but also you needed to have a respect for the person. And of course, of course, Sex in the City writers let it play into the stereotype of lesbians move hella quick. <laughs> one, one now, week. Is that a stereotype or is that the truth? I'm going to refrain from saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to confirm nor deny. <clears throat> hey, I'm just here to ask the questions. <laughs> All I will say is it it fell into a narrative that, as a matter of fact, a familiar narrative. Yes, because I like this phrasing. One, <laughs> one month, um, Samantha and Sonia 
Was that her name, Sonia? I really don't remember old girl's yeah. name. I feel bad because I don't want to be dismissive. I'll anymore. Google it. Continue. Continue. Okay. But yeah, so I feel like uh, Maria. Yes. My Maria? My Maria? Yeah. So, since <laughs> one month there, you know, discovering that passion in Maria is impressed because she realizes Samantha is a really good friend because Samantha reads big for filth in front of Maria. Maria's like, I can't just be friends with a person who is that amazing for their friends. And then the, Samantha's like, I understand. It's just making <laughs> with moment. Anyways, but um, so you have them kind of like getting to this like very fiery part. They spend all their time together. Um, Maria got Samantha going down on her and get squirted on in the face. Oh my god! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, were we not gonna mention that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the visual just came back up because I forgot all about that. That shit was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so we've got all this shit happening in one month, and then the next month they're taking bath, sponge baths together, and Maria's like, why didn't you introduce me to that young man at the bar? And Samantha's like, that's old dick. What's the, what's the big deal? <laughs> and Samantha doesn't see the problem with it, but Maria's like, no, you need to set clear boundaries and it becomes the age-old story of, are you really in this because you are attracted to a woman or are you looking for something new? And then eventually they break up. The end. Or are you in this relationship because you feel at a certain age you should be in a relationship? That too. You so... feel like you feel like it's the right thing to do because society tries to tell us at certain ages we should have accomplished certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Charlotte would be the most perfect example of that. I'm going to get to Charlotte. Charlotte had a life plan, y'all. Charlotte, love her down. Um, Last person on, because Richard, Maria, because Samantha didn't have like a lot of, she she had funny, she had funny in-between fellas. Um, Like the guy who needed, who was using Viagra recreationally. And then he got her hooked on it. And she was like, give me the fucking pills. And he was like, sis, you need to calm down. Or the dude who was too big for her and she had to smoke a joint before they had sex. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> Samantha lived a life, okay? <laughs> Samantha lived a goddamn life. My personal favorite was um when she was having the... not Well, not my favorite, but a funny moment was she was... Ha- I guess she was feeling up this married guy and his wife basically had her like blackballed from everything in New York society. Mm-hmm. And, it just, and it just reinforces that once you cross a white woman, you better watch your back. Mm. At least in that society. Yeah. Which is devoid of any color, but you didn't. <laughs> Anywho, then we eventually get to Smith Jared, aka Jerry. The absolute hunk. The absolute hunk. Samantha basically yeah. made Smith Jared. She basically built She was him. nice, but I didn't care for their relationship. She basically it was it. it was a business transaction. I think I love me more. <laughs> it was it was literally a business transaction. She meets Smith while he's fucking waiting tables at a fucking raw vegan restaurant and <laughs> finds out that he's a stage actor and she was like well you know 
I'm trying to use you for sex and you want to talk about your hopes and dreams. And he was like, yeah, I want to tell you about my hopes and dreams. And she's just like, but why? But he is determined to break down whatever walls he thinks he has to. So he got Samantha coming to his place and she's like, oh, hold up. He actually is a good actor. And thus begins Samantha building him up, getting him the absolute vodka deal and getting him more plays and eventually movies and then eventually having to move to L.A. because his career is out of control. So it's like, I like Smith. Smith didn't do no, it was no harm, no foul, but it's just like, like I said, yeah, it was man. It was a business transaction. Like, I felt like because Samantha has such an integral role in him getting out of waiting tables and doing the the basic shit he was doing. Mundane. It's just like, mm, yes, that's the word I was going for. It's just like, it's a typical story of you get a man you know, he's got quote-unquote potential and you pour all your potential into it and then you look up 10 years later and you spent all this time building him up and you're like, well, what about me? Right. You lose who you are. I'm glad that their relationship ended on an amicable note because I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to take it if it went any other way, but I get it. We can respect each other and move on. Because in the end of that god-awful second movie, she ends up fucking Rickard, who, oh my god, that's a fine-ass old white man. The movie doesn't exist. Ooh. I mean, in the dream sequence. (laughs) (laughs) That extended dream sequence? Yeah, girl. In the dream sequence, you know, she ends up getting this hot Danish guy. According to um, Jesus, from Jesus and Meryl, he said the movies are not canon. They they don't. <laughs> Jesus is absolutely correct. They don't exist. Jesus. They are in no relation to the show. <laughs> Jesus is absolutely correct. He was absolutely right. Oh, Miranda. I feel bad because I think of Miranda and I can only think of Steve. Even though she had, like Samantha, she also had a few exploits. But there were only like two major people for her because she spent most of the series on the I don't need a man. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I if I have to choose one of the other, I'm choosing my career. So when we meet Steve, she matter of fact, her and Carrie got into it because Carrie was once again being ain't shit. Starting to notice a pattern yet? Shocking. <laughs> Mind blowing. Carrie's being ain't shit. But Miranda in her non effective coping mechanism as self is displacing her anger and taking it down on those in the food service industry. And Steve basically balls up and says, Are you fucking talking to me like you crazy bitch? <laughs> this is my wine at my bar, and I can easily tell you where you can shove your shit. And she's fascinated. Which, she's like, somebody t- finally told me to shut the fuck up. She's like, oh my god, I think I just squirted. Like, <laughs> it's, it was a sexual awakening for her. So you have Steve and her go, for, she and she goes from treating Steve how, I, in my opinion, in the early days of Miranda and Steve, Miranda treats Steve how she has been treated by other men, 
And it kind of makes me sad because I always look at Steve as like a doe-eyed puffy. Steve was always like, you know, he simple, a simple Irish dude, you know, mama's boy. And he's just like, you know, I'm just trying to make it and, you know, bartender, make this money. But you just seem to want to, like, take advantage of my niceness. And it's just like, she's all, she was just always, like, playing him. And I'm just like, damn, sis. And once again, this is why y'all be screwing up friends with benefits. Y'all don't understand that you don't have to be a fucking tool just because you're bumping uglies with a person and you don't have any uh, feelings and emotions attached to it. That does not mean be absolutely devoid of fucking human decency. But that's another topic for another time. Then they break up, they make up, she gets knocked up, and then... She dates Blair Underwood, which what the fuck was that? <laughs> I still want answers. Do you have answers? Much like the Russian, I don't know her. Ooh. Then they get back together. They go to Brooklyn. Steve has an affair. They get back together. The end. Their that- best storyline. I think that saved the first movie, by the way. Yes. Because you were like, oh, Steve. <laughs> we were rooting for you we were rooting for we didn't really give a fuck about Miranda we were like oh man Steve. Like, Steve we worked so hard for you to get here and this is how you repay us ah oh, Steve, Steve. <laughs> but Steve eventually like the puffy dog he was comes back with it with his tail in between his legs and it's good it's also a very good lesson on accountability and how if you choose to go back into a certain situation, there's emotional labor that has to be done on both sides. It's not 50-50. It's more 70-30. But if you don't do your 30%, you know, shit can go sideways. Then on st- on Miranda and her partners, because I can't remember Nova. Miranda fucked a dude. He was the only one that really truly mattered, to be quite honest. Miranda fucked a dude who, after like a few days of knowing each other, he was peeing with the door open. She fucked a dude from Weight Watchers. Oh, God. They fucked after they ate Krispy Kreme off of each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she was like, I can never go to Weight Watchers again. So who do we have left? Charlotte. Charlotte, um, Charlotte as we have said, hopeless romantic, very stereotypical New England girl, but also on another level, brains because Charlotte did what I did. She majored in something that people were like, why the fuck did you major in that? Homegirl majored in art history and ended up becoming a gallery owner and an art curator. So, and I always say I like Charlotte because as much as people want to try and play Charlotte does, Charlotte's gallery was kind of like where a lot of the shit in the first few seasons went down because Charlotte was all like, yo, come here, do this, do that. So meet Charlotte. Charlotte, like Kiki said earlier, is on this big old thing to meet all of her life cycle moments by a certain timetable. And then when she meets one, she quickly realizes that timing ain't got shit on a bad situation. So, Trey. Hmm. Trey McDougal? With his racist-ass mother. Bunny McDougal? <laughs> the most racist. Oh, God. Oh, calm down, Ashley. Calm down. I hate Bunny McDougal. I hate her. 
What did you think about Trey? I liked Trey and Charlotte's storyline because I felt that was the most realistic one, um, especially for white couples in New York. She Okay, so Charlotte met him uh, at a time where she was just fed up with dating and she was determined to get married. She so, literally, yeah, she literally meets Trey running away from a married man who's <laughs> trying, who's like, Charlotte, but I love you. She's like, I love you. She was like, you're married to my friend. And he's like, but we can work around that. So Charlotte is literally running for her life. The homegirl falls in front of a taxi. and Almost gets taxi? ran over. And who comes out of the taxi but Trey, a doctor. shining armor. And it was a wrap. I think it was love at first sight. Oh, God. It was love at first sight. And very early on, she tells him that she wants to get married, but Mm -hmm. she decides to wait to have sex until after they are married. So I think it was Samantha who she told that. And Samantha was like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? So Samantha was like, how do you (laughs) test drive the car before it goes off the lot? So so, uh, right before the wedding, um, Charlotte gets drunk and she tries to have sex with Trey and then it's just a no-go and he's like, yo, I'm kind of a little bit impotent. And she's like, oh, okay. So you probably should have figured that out before the wedding. But um, she decides to marry him anyway. And once they get married, girl, once they get married, they kind of get into the rhythm of things. But then she also wants to conceive a child immediately after they get married. And this is my favorite Charlotte story arc because I feel like this is where she really discovered herself and what she would put up with and what she wouldn't put up with. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't hate Trey as much. So um, they have trouble conceiving. And after starting to have sex just to try to conceive, Trey is just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have a baby. But if you still want to have a baby, you know, we, we have all these other options. It is what it is but I'm not really into it. <gasps> you said it. I said it is what it, I mean, it is the ain't <laughs> nigga, ain't shit nigga mantra. But um, Charlotte just kind of decides for herself, like, you know what? I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. I want someone who wants a baby with me. So they break up. They get a divorce. And um, Charlotte won really big in that divorce, honey. Woo, honey. That right. townhouse. <laughs> I was so proud of you, sis. She had her new dick living in. She kept the ring. <laughs> the ring did mean a thing. She went on to meet her actual soulmate. Oh, I love Harry. Who loved her as she was. Harry never really tried to change her, I felt like. And mm. um, even though she did get a little crazy about getting married at a certain time, he was like, All right, I'm gonna break up with your ass. And um, they broke up, and he got back together with her and proposed. And they went on to have two very lovely children. A rose and a lily. <laughs> it's beautiful. And she did um, suffer a miscarriage, too, when she was with Harry. Oh, so she was able to conceive on her own. But that I love Charlotte. That was the hardest episode. Well, not hardest. That was a hard episode for me. I was like, Charlotte, no! And she slayed in that pink outfit at Brady's birthday party. Oh, yeah. Dressed girl. like Audrey Hepburn. She said, I'm in my bag now, bitches. Oh, yes. I forgot who I was for a second. Let me switch it up on you hoes. But I love Charlotte. Um, 
So as much like I said, as much as I hate Bonnie McDougal, because like I said, she was racist. <laughs> um, Trey didn't bother me. It was just a situation of I love Trey. I hate to say it, Charlotte settled, and because it was in a bright, shiny package, mm-hmm. she thought that it was like I said. It was all, I think it was Charlotte Rose relying on symbolism. She was like, I met him at this most, she's like, I just have this crazy story of how I met him and blah, blah, blah. And like, my first inkling that shit was not going to work with Trey was, she was like, I want to get married. And he was like, all righty then. And she was just like, that's it? <laughs> Nigga, is that your proposal? I was like... I mean, but if you were in Charlotte's shoes, you, you wouldn't have done the same thing. What do you mean? Like, you wouldn't have just gone ahead and married that man. Like, you fall in the street, you meet this doctor. Love at first sight. I think I would have done exactly... It would have yeah, been a mistake. If, if I would have done that, exactly what Charlotte did. Is that <laughs> mind state that she was in? Yes, well, at I, that point I, in her I, life. I think, Charlotte was so desperate to be <laughs> off the market. Yes. I remember Charlotte was like, "I've been dating since I was, I was fourteen. And let's Where not forget, she me? had a front. She had a front seat to Carrie's all of Carrie's mistakes. Oh yes, it's so she was like, like, you know what? It's slim pickings out here. Let me go ahead and secure this bag. It is nothing like seeing your friends fucked up dating situations oh, that make you be like, "Who girl? Let me get out of here. Okay, the ghetto. Out <laughs> the ghetto." But yeah, so like I feel like that was that that should have been Charlotte's first inkling. Mm-hmm. But what is a what is a love life without a few mistakes and a few um red flags that we ignore? <laughs> so, that we ignore. So <laughs> at the wedding, Carrie's like, I told Aiden I cheated on him with <sighs> and Car- and Charlotte's like Trey can't get it up. And, and Carrie's like, okay, I think that takes precedent. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, bitch, the fuck? And so eventually they, like, because I want to say they got married and, like, they were good for a while. And then they, like, I forget what it was that caused her to sleep with the gardener. Did she um, sleep with the Trey- did she make out with him? I think she she kissed him. She made out with him. I think oh, that Trey, I think at that point Trey sorry, Charlotte. they I had started to grow me. apart. Like it was the yeah. stress of trying to make the baby, mm-hmm. and primarily just having sex to make the baby. So, and I think that was the final straw for him. He was like, "All right, it's not working out if you want to fuck other people." Mm-hmm. So they take a little break, and so and Charlotte goes on this rampage telling people, "Well, you know, I'm married, but you know, me and him just taking some time right now." And at a certain point, people are like, okay, don't go talk to her. That bitch is crazy. But eventually they get back together and we find out she's got these fertility issues. And I feel like as you said, Charlotte and Trey was a very important storyline because as much as, and I found out that a lot of men apparently don't know this is real, but like they don't understand fertility or infertility issues can really put a strain on a marriage. I find that very crazy that people are living in this world not knowing that there's other ways to end a marriage besides infidelity. Other factors can go into it. Yeah, I find that mind-blowing that people think that is the only way a divorce can happen. But the fertility issues become too much. 
And lo and behold, Charlotte meets her new boo because he's her divorce attorney. And like, I always talk about Tom. Harry had my heart from day one because Harry was just different. He was just, he was not what she was expecting. Like, I want to say the exact reason why she hired him was because she was like, I don't see no attraction in him, so that means he's actually going to do a good job. Being she didn't want to act ugly about her divorce in, in front of a good-looking attorney. Mm-hmm. She, so was she was like, I can be myself scrappy. with him. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I can get all scrappy with this guy. And lo and behold, that was the exact shit that turned him on. He was like, you make me insane. And she was just like, oh my god, Harry! But lo and behold, Harry wore her down and actually started dating and he tells her he can't marry her, well he can't really go too much further with her because she's not Jewish and I think the fact that he didn't really push the Jew thing on her he was just like that's how it is but but Charlotte's like you know what I and once again that life cycle shit Charlotte's like okay well if I do the conversion he's gonna instantly be like okay marry me and that shit went down, and Harry was like, um, no, we still need to date, we still need to take some time. So they break up, but eventually they realize that they're made for each other, he's miserable without her. So eventually they get married, um, he stayed during the fertility issues, and he was very emotionally supportive, and I think I always loved Harry because Harry was always like what I can't give you or like what you what I feel that you need that I'm not providing let me call someone else who can so I always like that he was very quick to say Carrie or Samantha or Miranda can y'all please help she won't get out of bed yeah I, I think that's very admirable for a man to recognize when sometimes, I hate to say it in such a frank term but dick is not always enough to solve shit <laughs> And I just really loved that about Harry. And then, yeah, eventually, in the end of the series, they adopt a little girl named Lily. And then, in the extended dream sequence part one, they eventually get pregnant with a little girl named Rose. A badass baby. She was just in her terrible twos. I'm going to let her slide. All right. the, so they in conclusion, therefore, <laughs> they would love us. Therefore, do you feel like you could have lived without Sex in the City, or do you think it was important mm. for the culture? Mm. Mm. Um, dang it! Because is there like a right or wrong answer to this? No, it's open to interpretation. I kind of feel like, not exactly culture-wise, because, well... Now, when I say the culture, I don't mean our culture. Yeah, because I was like, you know, people will quickly say, we had girlfriends, but... We had living single. I mean the culture of women and dating in general. In the culture of women and dating, I could not picture, like, the shows that I attribute to my knowledge about, like, dating without Sex and the City, because, like I said, it... It told a very raw and not raw, but it was very this is what's happening in the world around us as far as like within the dating culture. Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't start watching Sex in the City until I was like 18 because the first time I saw it was actually in the class. Whereas I remember you told me you can remember watching it as it aired. Yeah, I was in middle school going into high school when sex when I started watching it. It had probably been on for like three seasons and then I started watching it. Yeah. So I So I was kinda like, This is what New York is like? People just have sex. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mini shit. Oh, okay. I can get with this. And it was funny. Everyone was a funny show too. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like for me, um and because I didn't have a love life in high school. So I feel like my coming of age was college. And I was like, oh, wow. So I don't have to be obsessed with the idea of a relationship. I can kind of, ex- exp- well, yeah, experiment and see what I want. I can try friends with benefits. I can try this. I can try that. And it's like, that's a part of the process of figuring out what you want. That's the one thing I'll say. Sex in the City taught me that it's okay to figure out what you want and there's no deadline or there's no timeline on figuring out what makes it work for you just don't be like carrie six years later still in the same spot favorite <laughs> moment from sex in the city what was your favorite moment um god i have a couple Ooh, okay. I, this is very early on in the season where they i don't know why they they went to this like yoga class and this like eighty year old old man came out. Do you remember the scene? Oh, like sorry. A sex class. Oh, the tantric sex class. The tantric oh, yeah. sex class. Mm-hmm. And the lady started. <laughs> she started pleasuring him with um, a hand job. The instructor, and then he came on Miranda's face. Yes, that is probably my favorite, my most favorite moment. I love when Aiden and Carrie break up the second time. By the fountain, and they're dressed in their white. Yes, honey, that perfect white dress. Him in the tux, and her finally realizing that he couldn't get over the fact that she cheated on him with Big, and they were about to get married. Mm-hmm. I like that moment. Um, do I have any favorite Samantha moments? Every moment from Samantha is my favorite moment. Samantha was a gem. I do like when she called Carrie out for judging her when um. Carrie caught her giving a blowjob to the FedEx man. Yes, Carrie literally. And she was like, Carrie. Carrie was, Samantha was like, Carrie, after all this shit you done did, now I've never judged you. So, fucking a married man. (laughs) Please don't make me pull out your whole facts, Carrie. (laughs) I have receipts. I have receipts. So, yeah, those are my favorite moments. Um, My favorite moment from Sex and City actually came from Charlotte. So, for those who don't know, Big got married in, like, the middle of the series to this useless woman. And that's no shade to her. Natasha. So, Natasha. The, 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 Tom um, Brady's baby mama. Oh, yeah. He did have a baby with her first. Funny thing is, her and Aiden are married in real life. They are? Mm-hmm. Bridget Moynihan and whoever, whatever the nigga name, John something. <laughs> yeah, they're married in real life. It was six degrees of separation. Yeah, child. So, um, basically, he marries Natasha, and Natasha's like the socialite. And I hate to say it, there's nothing else to her. So, Charlotte basically is talking to Carrie, and Carrie's like in this vapid tailspin about how they have to. She sees Natasha at the lingerie store, 
and she finds out that they're both going to be attending the same charity event. So she goes into this huge tailspin about how she has to look good. And while she's in the middle of talking about how she's basically about to go bankrupt over an outfit for the event, Charlotte's like, do you hear yourself? Like, do you really hear yourself? She's like, think about this. Aside from all the fashion and stuff, you have a career which is fulfilling. You have friends who are willing to talk to you during these times when you sound insane and you are talking out the side of your neck. And you have so much more going for you. What does she have going for her? She's getting, well, she's married. And I was just like, ooh, Charlotte's a bitch. Try high. Like, that was my moment. I was like, oh my God, Charlotte's kind of like, not a bitch, but like, ooh, Charlotte knows how to give it to you when you need it. But that moment was just particularly my favorite. Charlotte was like, look, sis, you sound irrational as hell. You're trying to compete with someone whose literally only claim to fame is that she has a ring on her finger. Boss up and pull yourself together. Did Carrie listen? Hell no, but that's not the point. I know our listeners had some favorite moments. Yes. So, Donica Kelsey on IG. Hey, girl. Hi. She said she had three. Um, she said when Carrie fell on the runway during Fashion Week, <laughs> this fashion roadkill. <laughs> this fashion roadkill. She's fashion roadkill. That shit was hilarious. Um, number two, when Aiden and Mr. Big get into a fight in the cabin in Suffern. I wish Aiden and, really stomped his ass. And Carrie's like, "You're middle-aged." And then Pete basically bites Big, and I'm like, "Rabies." <laughs> Did he bite him in the ass? I, I can't remember if it was the ass or the ankle. <laughs> Either way, he bit him and Big was like, yo, what the fuck? So that, um, who, oh crap, my phone's being stupid now because I, I literally had this pulled up for the past five minutes. Um, I can't remember who said it and I know Ariana Harley on Facebook said that her favorite moment was when Carrie was, not Carrie, Miranda was eating the chocolate cake out of the (laughs) That Duncan Hines with the chocolate frosting. Devil's food cake. Miranda had basically said, I'm going to supplement dick (laughs) with dessert. Because that always works. (laughs) And then she realized, number one, I can't afford to be buying all these fancy ass desserts. So she starts baking, but then number two, homegirl could not put the fork down. Like, Samantha could not take her mouth off of Dick. Miranda couldn't take her mouth off of the Duncan Hines. So she tries to put it in the trash can. Eventually, she's eating it out of the trash can. Then she calls Carrie. She's like, I just want you to know that because (laughs) you've been such a terrible friend, I have resorted to eating food out of the trash. I hope you're happy. Any other moments? Um, I want to say that is all. That is all. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sex in the City. Thank you for teaching me um, about sex because my mom was not trying to have this that type of conversation with me in middle school. As she should not have at that time. Well, about, well, um, oh, well this is awkward because my mom... <laughs> I meant this conversation with the situations they went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. That wasn't I happening. Tell people 
my mom was very or I was having I have the conversation about sex early on but that was attributed to what my mom did for a living um my mom worked for Planned Parenthood and family planning for years so I remember being five and my mom handing me like a pamphlet of the female and male anatomy and then I remembered her biggest policy was we don't say wee wee and um like all those pet names that you give kids for their genitals moms like that is your vagina those are your breasts that is a penis (laughs) and she was just like be very clear about what these names are and I think it was I hate to say it um, she later told me it was so that if God forbid something had happened to me, I could be very clear and articulate about what was done. And she said that was why she did it. She was like, she didn't want me having to struggle to put together what had happened to me. She wanted me to be very clear on what was going on. So that that's was nice. That. Uh, that's traumatizing and, my mom and, was not trying to talk to me about vibrators and golden showers like they did on the show that oh yeah just, that nah, was just no that's that. what I meant that's what yeah. I meant like but that like stuff. my mom's <laughs> thing was don't my mom's biggest thing was I'm not gonna tell you not to have sex because of biblical reasons I'm gonna tell you not to have sex because until you understand the emotional ramifications behind that shit you don't need to be letting nobody touch your vagina and I wish your mom could have sat down and talked to Carrie. Child, who girl? Would have saved her a lot of heartache. Who girl? <laughs> the child, the ghetto, the ghetto. The ghetto. My Do you have any other... ending episode shout outs? Uh, shout outs like to the end of this episode? Yes. Um, I have a quick on that note. <gasps> Let's hear it. So, you know... I was I was doing my thing on Instagram, you know, scrolling. I've recently started a new, I don't like to call it diet. I'll say a little regimen. And, you know, I've been looking for different pages of people who, now I want to say self-help, but people who are going, going through or who have been successful at doing what I am currently attempting. And, you know, just seeing, like, what advice they have. So I was suggested, I was given the suggestion of a few pages. And there was one page in particular where I found the woman to be extremely aggressive with, like, people who were seeking advice. And, like, it was to the point where it was very clear that she has no people skills. So um, I want y'all to understand whatever it is that y'all do where y'all y'all offer consultation, which y'all are scammers. Y'all don't got no certifications behind y'all name. But y'all got <laughs> people eighty dollars. Not licensed dietitians hour. or anything. Y'all are coaching quote unquote. Y'all motherfuckers <laughs> coaching people and don't have not nary a credential or it, even a, a legit a, a legitimate class in your arsenal. But you charging niggas and bitches. Eighty damn dollars for forty five minutes of your coaching. Fuck you. So I say all that to say, don't call yourself a coach or a consultant or an expert on something, and you don't know how to talk to people because I feel like the whole point of you putting yourself in a position where you can say, "Hear ye, hear ye, 
I know X, Y, and Z about so-and-so. Listen to me. I'm not going to listen to you if you can't talk to me like a fucking human. Like, this girl, for her to say that she's trying to coach beginners, but then when beginners would ask her questions, she would give them answers like, I answered this in a post 46 weeks ago. Go read the comment section on that. Or I feel like you can do that Google yourself. Here's the thing. Those are all very valid answers if the person was talking to a regular person on the street. You call yourself a so-called expert on something and someone who is coaching people. Just, I feel like just be real and say, I don't want to give out the information, the knowledge I have without a price tag. People going to respect you way more for it if you just say my knowledge ain't free. But if you're going to sit here and present yourself as a person trying to help people, but then talk to them any kind of way when they ask for shit, there's a cold place in hell for you. Because the truth of the matter is, you're actually disrupting and doing a disservice to those people who refer to you by other people, which I'm starting to wonder, what what, what are y'all thinking when y'all referring people to these certain individuals like are, am I missing it or am I just being not overly sensitive but am I seeing things that other people aren't seeing is my discernment on either way y'all are out here scamming people and coaching people but y'all don't know how to talk to them unless they got money in their hands and it's fucking shameful y'all should be ashamed of yourselves the end and also on top of that, I need people to realize that we're in this wave of air quote influencers. Oh, God. So these pages you see on Instagram, to be an influencer, you actually don't have to be educated on anything that you're pushing. I just want to make- have the follower count. And that's all I'm going to say on that. You just need <laughs> to have the follower count. That's all I'm going to say on that. Mm-hmm. Without social media, would you actually have any real life influence? Oh, child, the ghetto. Bloop. <laughs> All right, you guys. So that was our Sex in the City episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll raise our cosmos in the air. My flirtini. And pray that there are no more Sex in the City movies. Uh, well, well, um, what's her name? Kimberly Cottrell said, fuck you to, Ki- fuck you to Sarah Jessica Parker. She said, don't even give me your condolences. Fuck off. And <laughs> in true Samantha fashion. And Cynthia Nixon is trying to be a politician, so I'm pretty sure she we're not going to do so yeah, we, we we good to go on that. Whoop whoop. Alrighty guys, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Or we won't see you, but you know, you know what I mean. You know what we mean. Bye. Like, share, subscribe, comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow us at OTRPOD on Instagram. Yes, we finally have the IG. Well, we got the yeah we finally got it up yeah we got the ig so communicate with us on there guys um leave comments leave questions leave feedback we finally got it up like cherry did <gasps> okay um i'm gonna i'm just gonna stop right here okay all right bye y'all <laughs> bye